Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Victor Mark Show. Our guest today is Mr. Rob Decker. He is a husband and father. He's a personal trainer, health coach, business owner, speaker, best-selling author, and uh, he's a recovery and life coach. What does this man not do? He actually helps me. So this is, uh, he is a friend. I said, you know what, I'm going to get Rob on the show. Uh, in this interview, we're going to dive into Rob's past, discuss some very difficult times that he walked through, as well as how God changed his life. And we hope this will be an encouraging show for all of you listening. Hey, with that, let's get the conversation going on this edition of the Victor Mark Show. Hey, Rob, thanks for joining me today on the show. Thanks for having me, Victor. Yeah, man. Uh, listen, I've always appreciated your your story. You know, we met at a fitness center. Uh, I was working out, and I think you walked over and said, good Lord, old man, what in the world is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, I was initially just impressed with your, your knowledge of fitness and health and functional fitness. Mm -hmm. And then when I learned your story, I was like, okay, this, this dude, unreal. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, a little bit about my story. You know, I, I grew up in... Uh... Northern California. I was raised by, um, at the time I believed he was my father, but he was my stepfather. When did I, you find out he was your stepfather? Uh, in, in kindergarten. So what okay. happened was, is I graduated kindergarten, came home with a certification that had, or a diploma that had his last name on it. And, uh, that was when I found out that he wasn't my real dad. Oh my. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. Um, and the, the very, really interesting thing about it was, you know, we didn't really have God in the house at all. Yeah. And I remember, you know, leaving that conversation, walking down the street saying, it's okay because mm. God is my father. Really? I did. Were you like it, six years old? Six, five years old. Five, six? Yeah, wow. I said five or six years old. I hey, think maybe I just turned six. And look, everybody listening, people, people have this misconception that kids aren't affected by decisions parents make. Oh, they're recovered. They'll do good. Let me tell you, kids are affected. 100%. I, you know, I found out when I was six years old that my stepfather wasn't my dad. Mm. I was devastated. That's just a side note. Uh, so, parents, please listen. Your your decisions have consequences. Even for the little kids that you think, oh, they'll get over it, whatnot. It affects them. Yeah, and and you know, my story will kind of expose a lot of that stuff. I know that the other day I sent you a a poem, a letter that I actually yeah. wrote to my dad because there was something really deep in my soul that I had to just let go that I didn't realize was still affecting me as a grown man because I felt like I'd forgiven and, and I'd been healed from so much. Right. But there was some serious soul searching that took place and a lot of my behavior and actions to this day were connected to my relationship with my father and I had no idea. Mm. And it took a lot of time of prayer, but... Encouraged. Oh, yeah. Encouraged. I appreciate your well, courage. Well, you know, in, in order to um, give back and to be effective for the kingdom, I've really asked God to seek my heart and show me areas that I've struggled and not given to him. 
so that I can walk into this world and um, help more people. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of us have dad issues, right? No, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, dad and mom issues. Yeah. But you know what? God is the one who can heal our soul and mm-hmm. unravel uh, nonsense that we didn't have, you know, oftentimes control over as kids. But you made mention of it earlier. It affected you. And I want people listening to understand, uh, you're listening to Rob Decker, who is a man that attempted suicide in a dramatic fashion, and you lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want me to jump to that yeah, part? How I did, could totally jump well, to that how, part. Yeah. How did you, how did you get there? Um, you know, as I was growing up and watching the interaction between my mom and dad, it was very unhealthy. There was a lot of emotional abuse. There's a lot of physical abuse. There was a lot of drug and alcohol addiction in my house. And then I had a little sister, which was his biological child. And then the division that was created between us because she belonged to him Mm -hmm. and me not so much. And so, you know, that created this separation and um, over time learned behavior. You know, I just saw the way that my dad acted and I started to, to adopt those characteristics and those attributes. And by the time I was 14 years old, I was hitting the bottle. 15, I was smoking weed. Um, 16, 17, all through high school, acid, what was it? Ecstasy, eventually led into cocaine. It was just like, I kept burying myself. Like it was a disconnect, you know, drugs and alcohol for me were a form of medication and I needed to disconnect. And, and there was this yearning in my heart to really be close to my dad. Even if, even though he wasn't my biological father, like there was this deep yearning. And so with that, I became this performance individual. Like it was all about the show. It was all about being center stage. It was all about doing more. Even with the drugs and the alcohol it was like more is better, man. Well, how, how did that actually manifest itself being center stage? Well, sports, uh, rebellion, well, you know, academics, what did you excel at to try to get uh, attention and affirmation? Well, I had to outshine in wherever, wherever I was at, right? So if it was in sports, it was all about working harder, playing harder. Everything was about base hits, shots made, right? Like everything was all performance. Then when it came to like partying with my friends, it was like, I'm going to smoke more, sniff more and drink more. Right. And I'm going to outshine all you guys. You're going to jump off the bridge. I'll dive off the bridge. (laughs) Right. I'm going to do a backflip. Yeah. Right. Um, But that was it. It was just this constant performance and this needing for attention and validation. And, and I started to seek that through, you know, my friends, my group of friends and stuff like that. And so, you know, by the time I was 20, I was a full blown alcoholic and addict and I kept getting into these relationships. And what would happen was, is that if she was like a really kind, understanding girl, well, that didn't make sense to me. It wasn't chaotic enough because only, only, uh, love in my, my mind was chaotic. Like, you know, when dad's like hitting mom, like, "Ah, I love you woman, you know, like, yeah. So, so would you pull the grenade in a relationship, make things explode? Oh, totally. Yeah. I was, I mean, a case of grenades. Right. <laughs> Listen, folks, uh, and I want to talk to younger people right now. Your friends matter. You know, mm-hmm. bad company corrupts good morals. And let me just say, we understand when you're trying to seek affirmation, some type of, you know, closeness with friends, but be very careful because it will lead down a path of destruction. A true friend will never 
continue to push you forward to destruction. I think about friends going, hey, you know, Rick, let's get high, let's get drunk, let's drive, let's party, let's do this yeah. nonsense. And you have to be careful. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times, too, a lot of the guys I was hanging out with were suffering from the same stuff I was. Right. Right. A lot of them, you know, father may have been in the house, mm -hmm. but may not. You know, I mean, even I think when I was six years old, seven, eight, I was molested mm -hmm. by a neighborhood boy. Mm -hmm. And the fear that I had telling my dad, because my dad was a man's man. Like, right. How could you let something like that happen to you, boy? Like, yeah. you know, and so there was that that fear you know, of bringing that to my dad's attention. I mean, I actually, truly, I had my first beer at like five or six years right. old as well. I mean, right. you know, um, what my dad thought was kind of funny, cool. right? Yeah. And cool was, you know, um, probably the inception of some pretty bad, bad stuff. And, and you know, I don't talk about my dad to bag my dad. I've, no, right. I, I love my dad, I've, right. you know, um, and he had his own junk, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but just watching the interactions between my parents in my 20s, full-on alcoholic, drug addicted and kept getting in and out of these relationships so you know i would chase the really bad relationships the ones that were very abusive verbally emotionally chaotic like there had to be a chase involved you know there's this constant power struggle but if i felt like i had the upper hand in a relationship i would totally dismiss that young lady and on top of it because i needed so much validation there was always more than one girl as a kid i was fed these lies that You'll never be faithful. Um, you know, that's what men do. Um, alcohol and drug addiction runs in the family. You'll always have that a part of, of, of right. who you are, right? right? Like there was these lies that were attached to me that I completely believed in. You know, I was told that I was going to be dead by the time I was 30. Here I am one week after my 29th birthday, jumping headfirst out of a three-story three loft <laughs> with the intention of breaking my neck and killing myself. And instead, I clipped the awning, changed my fall, and I survived it. So I'll lead up to that. I met a young, late, uh, young woman who had a lot of her own stuff, mm -hmm. right? But it was challenging for me. And at that point in my life, like, I just, the chaos made sense for me. And mm -hmm. so I got involved with her. And at some point, she called the police and told the cops that I tried to, that I raped her mm. and that I tried to kill her. Mm. And so when that incident happened and she came and told me about it because the, not, the cops were at the door, um, in that moment, I was just like, I'm over this life. Dumb. Like, how did I get to a place that, um, and I did a lot of dumb stuff in my life, but to do something like that just wasn't right. of me. And, you know, for it to come to that, you know, I was just like, I'm just over this life. And that's when I... Um, decided to run headfirst out of a closed window, supermaned it, and with the intention of snapping my neck on that concrete. Now, uh, we're going to find out what happened to you mm. after you hit that concrete <laughs> uh, from three stories up, but this is a very good point to make. A lot of people don't understand that the majority of suicides that happen to younger people are based on relationships. Mm-hmm. Failed relationships, messed up relationships. Mm -hmm. um, that's why, I mean, it's so important to choose who you're going to mm -hmm. share your emotions with, 100%. right? A hundred percent. And um, everybody knows that I'm, you know, I'm a, 
old-fashioned moral guy reading the Bible because <laughs> I did it in the world's way, and I, I certainly wasn't impressed. But I, I believe people should wait for sexual intimacy until they're married. If people did that, the emotional connection that can turn crazy and make people crazy, it, it wouldn't be there. Right. So, you know, a, a young woman who's sleeping with a guy who gives herself and then he bags on her, uh, she wouldn't be destroyed in her mind, right? Same. So I just wanted to put that in there because we've dealt so much with kids who have murdered and committed suicide and definitely the thread of similarities in these cases is not a solid home life and then putting your faith, hope, trust, love, getting emotionally involved with someone that hurts you. And that's why, it's one of the top reasons why kids kill other young people and definitely suicide. So, man, do you remember a last thought before oh, you jumped out of the window? I just remember I'm over it. I'm I'm over it. And uh, I never blacked out when I hit the ground. Whoa. Yeah. It, so I broke my my lower back. I broke, severed a vertebrae in my lower, like, I don't know how it didn't snap through nerve, but, um, or through the spinal cord. Um, so I, I severed my vertebrae, shattered my left arm, broke my right wrist and collapsed my left lung. So I was laying in this immense amount of pain, gasping for air. And you're not unconscious. Mm-mm. Sucks to be and I'm, you. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at this broken window that I just jumped out of. <laughs> and th- And this is when God's relevant, right? It's like, Yo, God, why'd you let me live? The reality was, is at the time, I didn't have much going for me. I was a drug dealer. Um, I was living on people's couches. I didn't have my license. I didn't have a job. Um, The only thing I had going for me was my physical fitness. Mm. And that was now stripped from me. Mm. My freedom. So what I thought was freedom, right? And uh, my physical fitness was now taken away from me. Yeah. Went to the hospital, 10-hour surgery. Woke up to the cops arresting me for rape and attempted murder. Oh, my gosh. And so I was on 24-hour surveillance. No. Yeah, to add insult to injury. So your problems didn't go away. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I tell people about suicide. I go, you know, it's a permanent decision or permanent choice for often a temporary problem. Right. And here you are still faced with the charges. But what happened? Because you're not in prison. Yeah. Well, I'll say this about suicide. I think... Um, you know, hindsight 2020, now that I look back on it, you know, I didn't necessarily want to die so much, Mm. but I wanted something in me to die. I wanted a situation to die. I just, something needed to be dead. Wow. I've never heard that wrong. And so I think that happens with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think there's something about life that's very precious and we don't really want to leave it, but it's this, this inability um, to be able to deal with whatever's at, on hand. Mm. And that was the decision that I made. No. Yeah. All right. Let's fast forward. Yeah. Here you are, married man. God yeah. has blessed you. Yeah. You got strong business. You're helping people. Mm-hmm. Problems still come, Rob. Oh, for sure. Stressors still come. Yeah. How do you handle it this time when it starts climbing on you? Well, you know, I that all that time from the time that I jumped out of the window to now, has been an amazing walk with the Lord. And so there was a lot of transfer, transformation and healing that had to take place in my heart mm. um, in order for me to deal with issues now. But I have different issues now. 
like I have grown man issues, mm-hmm. right? I have to take care of my home and my children and raise them right. Like, you know, I'm not in the world in the sense of like worrying about what the world does. I have my own responsibilities and I'm grateful for those responsibilities because I almost didn't have a chance at those responsibilities. Mm. And you are, I mean, I know you, you're a very optimistic uh, man who's filled with gratitude. And for those of you listening who just tuned in, we're talking to Mr. Rob Decker. He's a, he's a friend. He is actually one of my uh, go-to guys for health and conditioning uh, and even nutrition. And, uh, uh, Rob, how did you come to faith in in Christ? There's a lot of people listening right now. They're not Christians. They're not, mm-hmm. and they've got pretty good reason to stiff arm the church and Christianity because mm-hmm. they've been burnt mm-hmm. or molested or they've seen their parents. Right. So I I don't blame people, but we we here try to share our experiences and our what we believe. But how did you actually? Because you, you have a strong faith in the person of Jesus. Amen, 100%. Um, you know what? I was actually one of the guys that I used to work with at Gold's Gym. He used to try to preach Jesus to me, and I'm like, yo, bro, I'm good. You right. know, I'm good. Um, but when things started getting really bad, like the thing about him is he never gave up on me. Even mm. in the midst, midst of my, you know, philandering and my drunkenness, like he was there for me. 100%. And eventually got to the point, and this happened two months before I jumped out of the window. Really? Um he invited me to a Bible study. My life was just in shambles. Right, right. And so I was like, yo, man, I will do it. And so I show up to this Bible study. You know, we're in California. It's hot outside, so we're in this air-conditioned room. And all of a sudden, like, this group of men start praying over me, and I start shaking and no sweating. Way. Yeah. No and way. it was just like this supernatural, you know, uh, phenomenon. And, and so, you know, fast forward, I walked right back into the world. Right. I jumped yeah. out of the window. Yep. But God showed up at the hospital. Mm. I'm in the midst of being highly medicated. I'm shackled to a bed. You have the chaos of the hospital, nurses, doctors coming in and out, lights, intercoms, all of it, right? Police. Everything, right? I, yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they, that didn't, out. they didn't like me too much, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, were, they were grilling me pretty good. And, um, you know, in the midst of all that chaos, I just hear this small but clear voice that said, the charges will be dropped, your bills will be paid, and you will walk again. Within a few days, they came in, the police dropped the charges. Shortly after that, um, I had another surgery, and I wasn't able to walk, but I was able to drag my leg. And fast forward, after about $2 million worth of surgeries, hospital stays, physical therapy, whatever it may be, um, I haven't had to pay a dime. No kidding. None. This All is, that stuff was coming. Hey, are y'all listening? I mean, come on. Tune in, folks. This is, I like how you said it's super, it's a phenomenon. It's a mm-hmm. supernatural phenomenon. That's that's the God that we know and serve. Yeah, we serve, yeah. Uh, not the slave master, not the no. taskmaster. Listen, uh, you may be listening right now or watching, and you know someone who's prayed the prayer, but they're not, their life's not changed and you're you're so discouraged stop being discouraged believe by faith not what you can see by just truly believe that God has them maybe your kid maybe your spouse maybe your loved one uh the lord has them pray for them continue to love them cuz when the hound of heaven is after a soul he will not let go 
Mm-hmm. And maybe it's you. Maybe you're like, hey, Victor and Rob, you know, I tried church, I prayed, I, you know, it ain't really working. Well, I mean, what are you doing? Have you really surrendered every area of your life to him? Or are you hanging on to stuff that you think that's going to make you happy but ultimately will not? You guys, we're listening to the testimony of a friend of mine who understands addiction and recovery. Uh, he he now helps people uh, here in Colorado, Colorado Springs, where you're based. Mm-hmm. But you also do Zoom, mm-hmm. and and you're more than just a weight fitness, mm-hmm. you know, nutrition guru. You actually mentor people in in how to be a success and champion in life. Uh, and it's it's not all the weirdness. It's it's true core stuff, right? Yeah, so real core. H- how do because there's people listening right now, and we don't have a lot of time left. How can they get a hold of you? What's your website, Rob? RobDeckerSpeaks.com, and it's D E C K E R RobDeckerSpeaks.com. And um, I mean, what if somebody emails you? Is that is that, is that yeah, a way email, to start? Email. I mean, you can go onto my social media. Decker underscore Rob is my Instagram. Rob Decker is my Facebook. Just message me. We'll exchange numbers or find a way to get in contact with each other. Um, You know, I do my best to get back as soon as I can, especially when it seems like a really troubling situation. Right. Because I've had a lot of people like, this is what I'm going through and this is how I'm feeling. And so, you know, you just step into those situations and do your best to help out. Now, Kingdom Fit, Mm -hmm. that's your, is it a nonprofit? Well, so... No, it's an LLC. So my fitness is what pays my bills, but I do have a scholarship program where people have donated money. And what I can do is I use that money for sessions to help those that are struggling emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever, financially. Right. So we're, we're constantly running, you know, that scholarship program. And that program was actually named after a buddy of mine who overdosed off of fentanyl and alcohol. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very, empathetic and understanding of the mental health realm and um, drug and alcohol addiction and how it steals from people. Don't let the thought of not having money stop you from getting help. You can contact us here at victormarks.com. Go to our website or our social medias and, uh, you know, you can email us. We have a chaplain on, on staff who will talk to you and pray with you. Uh, but Rob is a great resource. And if you're in the Colorado Springs area, and you've got a teenager that's struggling, uh, if you yourself are struggling with someone you know, reach out. Go to robdeckerspeaks.com, which I would also say uh, you're available to speak at mm-hmm. organizations and churches. And you can tell by his testimony, this is not this is not some guy in a white ivory tower. He's the real deal. Now, Rob, I, I ask all my guests two questions. <clears throat> all right. Final questions. So uh, here's the first one. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you have the benefit of actually knowing Eileen and I and I do. what we do. But but people live by perceptions. Mm-hmm. So we always kind of say, well, what's your perception? Or what, what do you, how do you see us and our ministry organization? Um, you're a leader in the community. Um, you know, I've, I admire what you do. Mm-hmm. And I would say that... Um, you're a man's man, right? You lead by example. You're willing to go do things that most people aren't willing to do. And I believe that reflects your ministry and then your relationship with your wife. I mean, 
it doesn't really get much better than that. And that leads by example. So, you know, you lead in your community and your marriage and the way that that comes together. What an example, man. Mm. An amazing example. Thank so, you, Rob. I yeah. like those are kind words. I appreciate that. Last question. Yes. So we all die, and one day you will. What happens to Rob Decker when you close your eyes for the last time? I get to go into glory with Jesus, man. I'm going to go hang out with Jesus. I get to be with Jesus Christ mm. in the heavenly of heavens. Man, you're, you're that's smiling. I'm, your I'm, eyes are lit. Oh up. man! I mean, like how you exciting, really believe that? How exciting is that? How exciting is all the pain and torment of this world just being stripped away and just going into like peace and joy, like a, a peace and joy that no one here on earth truly understands. Well, but Rob, how do you know that? Because I mean, some people believe they're going to be reincarnated. Some people are like inshallah, whatever God's will. Some people believe nothing will happen. Why do you believe that? Uh, he's placed that in my heart. Mm. He has placed that on my heart. I mean, if the scriptures aren't enough for you, your personal experiences, other people's personal experiences, you know, you can say what you, whatever you want about Jesus, man. He is who he says he is. Mm. And I'm cool with that. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Love it, man. Yeah. Rob, thanks for being on the program today. Okay. You guys, uh, don't you love this show? <laughs> I, I, I get to spend time with some of the neatest folks and, uh, People who are making a difference now, who've gone through the valley of the shadow of death, and they certainly don't fear any evil. So, Rob, we appreciate you. Love you, man. Love you, brother. And uh, uh, don't show me too much love on leg day. <laughs> be, be nice. Be nice to the grandpa. Folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God bless you. Do it full throttle for the glory of God. And uh, we'll see you next time here on the Victim Heart Show. Now go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. 